Well, okay. Um, so we got the recording started, and um, we'll get started with our teleseminar. Um, again, as usual, um, I'm going to talk a bit on the uh, theme for today's teleseminar, and then check in to see if anyone has any questions or thoughts they want to share about the teleseminar, um, but also if you have any other um, thoughts you want to share about this understanding of the principles in general. Um, and to do that, uh, you need to press star two on your phone. And I will see that you have um, to want to share something and then I'll um, connect with you. But I'll remind you again once we get to that part. But um, just wanted to talk today, uh, bring into um, our topic, the topic of um, stress, but in terms of looking at it as a uh, levels of consciousness or levels of understanding kind of issue. And um, so, you know, um, the popular view or the traditional view of stress, I kind of look at it like it's a, uh, like a pollution model of stress uh, in that um, certain circumstances of life contain stress, like a job, the office building, uh, traffic, um, all these kinds of, of um, circumstances of life have stress that is contained in them. Um, I don't know if they do it much anymore, but several years ago, the magazines would have you fill out a questionnaire and rate how much stress you have in your life. And they would have a number of life circumstance things like um, moving, um, a new job, uh, leaving a job, getting married, things like that. And um, I looked at it like the pollution model, meaning that if you had that in your life and you uh, went in to do that, like go to your office or you're in traffic, it's got stress in it. So like pollution, it'll fall on you. Um, so in this model, stress exists in life circumstances. Now, the understanding of the principles really turn that around because the principles really uh, turned us to look within our own functioning to see that really stress, um, as really any other kind of emotion, is really the result of the principles creating moment to moment a reality that you're you're living in, and that really shifted the whole way of looking at stress um, uh, or any other emotion that you might experience. So, in that, with this new understanding, stress didn't exist. Um, what would you say? Absolutely in um, anything that you confront in your life circumstances. Um, it really uh, had to do with the way you use these principles to take a look at your life circumstances. And that's a big shift uh, because it begins to help us see that there may be a way of, of uh, understanding these principles where you really don't see stress at all. You're not living in stress in any way. Because you see, 
when anybody gets an understanding to the principles and how um, our experience of life moment to moment is created through thought and consciousness, we could say that you've had a rise in consciousness. You have a new level of understanding the nature of life. So you would move from a pollution model of stress that um, this person is a stressful person. Um, this family member is a stressful family member. Holidays with the family is stressful. Um, uh, the work, uh, you know, the job uh, building is stressful. Uh, to a new understanding that um, that's not necessarily the case. There it may be another way that you could have thought about these situations where you don't feel stress. Um, we see it in our own holiday season here in the family. We share, uh, over here in the United States, we have um, a holiday of Thanksgiving, and it's coming up in a, a week or so, actually, well, man, it's moving up fast, um, where we share that amongst three uh, siblings, my wife and her siblings. And so uh, one sister-in-law uh, takes over the chores for uh, for uh, my sister's uh, brother. And I, we can see that for her, it's much more stressful than it is for uh, my uh, wife's sister. So... Um, it goes to show a bit that if a life, life situation really had stress contained in it, everybody should feel stress if that shows up in their lives. And we know that's not the case. Uh, for some people, they there may be situations that for them are not stressful at all, but for others, it is very stressful. And you might see that amongst your family or friends as well. So what's going on? What's going on then is something that goes with it is going on within the consciousness of every human being that makes um, a life circumstance stressful or not, and that's the way the principles operate through us. So this is a really um, major change in the way to look at uh, the effects of life circumstances on our uh, emotional life. And um, it, there's a there's another way to look at it rather than circumstances, again, creating the experiences of our lives. It's more how thought and consciousness working together create the experience we're having of our day-to-day -day circumstances. So I'm sure you've seen a lot of people. I've had many clients who come to me because they've got a lot of anxiety and stress about work. And, you know, they talk about how, you know, driving to work, they're fine. They stop at a coffee place, get a coffee, they're doing great. And then as they get to the parking lot, they start to feel this anxiety or this general unease or this feeling of stress. Uh, and then when I ask them about it, they start to say, well, I'm starting to think about all of the, the demands I'm going to face, um, you know, when I get into the building. So it's kind of like, you know, from the old model, work, that whole area is, is stressful to people. But again, what we start to see with the principles is that this person was fine until they started to think about 
their work in a certain way. That doesn't mean there aren't demands at work or, um, or there aren't, aren't at times difficulties or anything like that. I'm just talking about the experience of work or other areas of a person's life looking stressful. And where can we understand that comes from? So um, uh, we may have an opportunity to understand the roles of thought and consciousness to the point where uh, many areas that used to be stressful no longer are stressful to us. So that's the big shift that the principles bring us in terms of moving us to a whole new understanding um, around this area of stress. Now, the minute, um, again, the minute a human being has an understanding that this feeling of stress is coming to them through within themselves, through the way uh, that they use thought, they have a shift in their level of understanding. You could call it, as Sidney Banks has said, a rise in their level of consciousness. They're living at another level of understanding or consciousness. It all goes together because you have a, with people in the three principles community have recently been saying you have a new thought. You just have an insight. You have a new way of looking through thought at areas of your life and it shifts the experience you have and that all together becomes a level of consciousness change. So at that level of understanding, um, you have other ways of looking at your job. Um, and, you know, people become a little bit more philosophical about it. Like, you know, I really love my work or, you know, um, it does, it is a demanding job, but, you know, I'll just, I'll just look at the first thing that comes my way or, you know, I'm just not going to get looking at it in a troubled way. Uh, I'm just going to go and be, so there's many ways that once people have a little shift in consciousness about what look to be um, stressful circumstances, because they understand a bit about the principles, uh, they're now looking at it in a way that is not so stressful. Bother, annoyance, all of that starts to diminish quite a bit with just a little shift in their level of consciousness, which is really an insight into the nature of the principles operating through them. So once again, you know, going back to my initial experience that first night listening to Sidney Banks, just as just an example as a story to kind of make the point. Uh, I was living in the pollution model of life. Um, and I was um, not only living there, but I was trained uh, as a psychologist to think in many different approaches to helping people uh, in a pollution model of, um, of uh, stress and other, other troublesome emotions for people. And uh, so I went to hear Sidney Banks fully invested in that model, even though it was helping people, but not really, in my mind anyhow, the, getting them to really the, the sense I had that they could really live happier than they were, including myself. So I went fully invested in the model, the pollution model, and I heard something 
uh, Sidney Banks was uh, uh, talking that shifted me all the way away from the whole model. I dropped the whole pollution model. I saw that it was a misunderstanding of how we come to have an experience of our lives moment to moment. And again, I saw that feelings like stress are just made up. And they're made up because we have the power of thought and consciousness to create them, to create a way of of looking at life that brings about for us these feelings. And, And so in that moment, for me, it completely shifted. And the pollution model could no longer hold water. And I couldn't justify looking at my um, clients or patients in this in that way anymore. And so that's the shifts that uh, the principles bring to people. And you could say in my story, that insight, which was a moment of uh, just a new uh, understanding of how uh, life works. It came to me like, we make up our emotions and then thought creates feeling, that insight altogether was a rise in consciousness. So thought shifts, the rise in consciousness occurs altogether. So I started to live at a higher level of consciousness where uh, the pollution model no longer had a grip on, on me. Now, I might visit it momentarily, but this insight at that time was so strong that it didn't take me to a lower level of consciousness much anymore. So you're living at a higher level of consciousness. So in today's theme, we can look at stress and other emotions as a level of consciousness uh, existence. They exist at certain levels of consciousness. That might be a better way of saying it, you know. That's the point that came to me as I was reflecting on what to share with you. Because you see, as um, you gain more understanding, you rise to higher levels of consciousness, which is always a movement toward more positive experiences of life, of experiencing life in more positive ways. Uh, We've talked about this a lot in this past year, that you're always moving more toward love and understanding. And Sidney Banks always says that when you've had a shift in a level of consciousness, it must always be positive. Why? Because you're beginning to see more from your true nature um, through insights um, and your true nature is love and understanding. So you'll start to see things that uh, will bring to mind for you at higher levels of consciousness, living with more wisdom, living with more gratitude, living with more, uh, with more um, generosity, uh, all these kinds of things, forgiveness, And all of those manifestations of uh, thought help us live life where we're not in a lot of emotions that cause us to feel badly, like stress, for example. So wisdom um, comes to us to help us see other ways to really look at situations that might be difficult um, or 
the relationships in a way that we find the level of understanding or a level of consciousness where we really see the humanness of someone and that that person is no longer stressful to us. Um, as we talked about last time, if we can see that all of us are the same and all using thought in our, our own way, manifesting through us in our own way, um, and that's creating um, the behavior of, of ourselves and other people, then we can see other people who are, I don't know, uh, look to be look to be earlier at lower levels of consciousness, bothersome to us, and as we rise, our understanding rises, we see them with more compassion. So now we see what used to be a troublesome person with understanding. And again, we have different feelings um, accordingly. Um, so I wanted to kind of propose to you that um, what we have called stress in life is really uh, existing only at certain levels of consciousness. And as you move toward higher levels of consciousness, Again, you're moving more toward uh, this true nature, which brings us in even higher to contentment, peace of mind, well-being. And when you're in that level of consciousness, you see things with a deep understanding of the truth of life. And that, you, you know, that stress can't exist. For example, in the consciousness of contentment, um, where it's really this, just this deep feeling of like well-being. You don't have a lot of any thinking that it, it's about you. Uh, you're at peace. It's really peaceful. And in that moment of contentment, at that level of consciousness, um, you don't think of yourself. You don't think you're lacking anything. You don't need another thing. And because of that space of consciousness that we would call contentment, um, you don't have stressful thinking because it doesn't exist at that level. And, be, be, and since that's mental health, mental health is just contentment. What's contentment? Satisfaction with what is. What's contentment? Being ordinary, not having thoughts that you should be better than you are or you should be as good as somebody else or any of that. Uh, so there's a level of consciousness where these um, descriptions or these states of mind, I, it's not really that. It's where thought exists at a level that we would call it contentment or we would call it uh, satisfaction with what is or we could call it being ordinary. And in that level of consciousness, when you sense that, when you have that feeling, stress can't exist. It's not there. You'd have to think your way to be stressful, and all of us do. Innocently, and we don't really do it purposely, but it happens. In order to uh, move to stress, you have to think your way from a, a con level of consciousness of contentment down to a level of, of stress. And we do that all the time. So it isn't about not doing it. It's about recognizing what's going on that that happens again. And so 
um, once again, just coming back to the theme for today, um, we, I wanted to look with you to see that stress really is just a level of consciousness. It just exists at certain levels of consciousness. Another way of saying it, it exists at certain qualities of thought that you're engaging. So, uh, again, when you're looking at um, life through thoughts that are bothersome, annoyance, um, insecurity, uh, the job looks stressful. That meeting that new person looks stressful. Um, but when you're uh, looking at that through understanding higher levels of consciousness, uh, it looks like contentment. It looks like a no-brainer. It looks like you're connected to to that person. It looks like you'll find a way uh, to deal with any demands, things like that. Um, now, the other um, aspect of levels of consciousness that really blows my mind is that Sid says that there are infinite levels of consciousness. There are infinite levels of understanding um, life, of understanding your true nature, of understanding your true purpose of being here, of understanding who you truly are, of understanding these principles. Infinite levels, isn't that something? And so um, it isn't like to think about it with insecurity, like, you know, oh, my God, I'm just at level five and there's infinite levels. Oh, man, I, I've got a long way to go. It's not to look at it that way. It's to look at it in terms of how uh, thrilling it is to be in life right now because however you see things, given whatever understanding you have of the principles, you there's always the hope that um, in some moment you're, you'll see it a little with more understanding and that you can continue to evolve in that direction so that um, this world of stress, which um, most people that come to see me are, are living in that world 85% of the time, they now live, you know, after understanding the principles and having a rise in consciousness, live in that 10% of the time. So... Um, so I love that. I love that there's always more to see, but not um, with making an effort to try to see more because, again, that moves you out of just being satisfied with what you know, which is contentment, which is mental health. See, mental health is pretty simple. And if you looked at it in terms of contentment or uh, being satisfied with what is or being ordinary, if you could see that, what that really means is you're not engaging a lot of um, bothersome thinking. You're not engaging a lot of thought thinking that gets us to feel bad. When you're in the consciousness of contentment, you're at peace. Your mind is very, very quiet. Um, hard to describe that consciousness because it's really not a sense that you're in there because you're not thinking much. Um, so that's the, to me, the hopeful message that um, this move away from the pollution model of stress to 
stress being stress existing only at a certain level of consciousness gives us a hope that we could see life in a way that's maybe closer to the truth and the closer we get to the truth the more we can be with a whole range of people who are using thought in many many different ways i know for me when i was more in the pollution model thinking about people um i couldn't tolerate uh people in with certain behaviors you know I mean, I'm not talking about drastic or extreme behaviors, right? Uh, and I would justify that by saying, well, they bother me, you know, or every time I'm around them, I get annoyed. Uh, that was the pollution model. Every time you're around someone, stress falls out on you, you know, annoyance falls out on you. But again, moving back toward the fact that the principles create that annoyance and seeing that. Um, I could be with people, comfortably be with people uh, that before I would I would write up write off or not go be with them, and that's because of a rise in my level of consciousness, a rise in my level of understanding of where my experience comes from. And the more you get insight into that, your level of consciousness rises and stress doesn't exist. Annoyance doesn't exist. Uh, you move more toward, again, our true nature of love and understanding. So um, let me just check in. We've got a good number of people here today. And I, again, as I've always mentioned to you, I, I really... Uh, created these teleseminars so we could hear from people, um, hear what your questions are, hear what your thoughts are. And I wasn't looking at it like I would just do a, a full teleseminar presentation. So um, just checking in at this moment to see if anybody has any questions or any thoughts to share. If you do, uh, press star two on your phone and I'll see that. Okay, so um, it's showing up as Chris. Is this Chris? Yeah, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Chris. Hi there. How are you today? Um, I'm doing well. Hey, um, I just wanted to say that uh, for some of us that may be in the middle of a work day where we are uh, experiencing stress, uh, <laughs> your call is a, is a nice break and a, a good chance for us to kind of step back and and examine things. So I want to thank you for that. Um, oh, you're welcome. The one thing I, oh, the one thing that I wanted to uh, agree with you on is how a understanding of the principles, for me at least, um, has made me more cognizant about how the system works within me. And also, that's translated for me um, in being more compassionate when I see it kind of adversely unfolding in someone else so you know kind of where i have have encountered situations where i've consciously kind of stepped back and realized it's my thinking kind of creating that that stressful situation when i kind of see whether it's you know a relative or a friend 
going through that where they're caught up in their thoughts and, and it's and it's manifesting in anger or fear or insecurity, it makes me become more compassionate because I can kind of understand what's going on with them where before the, you know, understanding of that, it kind of just escalates, right? Because you're then fighting fire with fire and then that can then escalate yeah. into a, a more abrupt situation. Yeah. Chris, that was beautiful. It was right on. It was right on. Um, first of all, it's great that you could use the teleseminar uh, to maybe help with what looks like a stressful day for you. You know, I would, <laughs> I would hope when I was at my uh, work for an organization, I, I was hoping there was something I could call into and, and help me sometimes, you know. But Chris, that is right on. That's right on. And uh, it's what Sid really has pointed us toward, that when we get it, com we get compassion. We find compassion because we have understanding of how we're the same. I'm going to say what you said in a little different words, but Chris, what you said is right on, and it's beautiful that you shared that. I'm glad you did. It's the truth. When you see that um, everybody else is using thought to create a reality, and that's why they're doing what they're doing, it's an innocent thing. It's, it's just what all of us do. And when you see it that way, you have compassion. You have compassion when somebody is maybe creating uh, troubling behaviors because you realize that their thinking must be troubled. So um, that's what Sid says. We're all the same. We're all creating a reality we live in through the principles. And when we get that about other people, um, we have understanding, and that understanding brings compassion. Why? We've had a rise in our level of consciousness, and our true nature comes through as compassion. Compassion is just a form of love, this pure essence. So that was beautiful, Chris. Um, Wow, that's seeing a lot. That's a big one to see because, see, it'll allow you to be with anybody. It'll allow you to then move from, from compassion maybe to even be generous for the, to the person. But really it saves you from your own, our own negative thinking. It saves you from our own painful thoughts about somebody and living in that. So thanks for sharing that. I love that. That's a big truth to see because, you know, there's a lot of um, negativity going on around uh, right now, particularly in the United States. And I think the understanding that helps is always to come back to everyone is creating their behaviors through the nature, through thought. And that allows us at least to see that we're connected to the humanness of that. That doesn't mean, again, that we might ignore something that's harmful or so forth. Uh, in fact, if we look at it with compassion, we probably can see it with more clarity that it isn't right, for example. Um, but anyhow, thank you, Chris. That was really right on.
Uh, anything else? I'm good for now. Thanks. Oh, good. Uh, so I hope um, you go back after the teleseminar uh, and work looks a little different to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It already, it already is. It already is. <laughs> All right. Take care, Chris. Anybody else want to share? Anybody have a question? Um, and again, you know, we can hear from you about anything you might be seeing or have a question about around the principles. Okay, so we have a couple. I'm going, there's there's two on the line. Uh, looks like Betty and Fred. So Betty was first. So, Betty? Yes, hi, Mark. Hi, Betty. Hi, I think I have some static on my my end. I don't know if it's over there, but um, I got quite a bit of static for some reason. But at any rate, my question was, I've been involved in this paradigm for a few years now. I'm still trying to kind of find my way. I found it tremendously beneficial to me personally and to other people that I've tried to share it with. Um, but I have a question, and that is, is there a right or wrong way to 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 uh, use the three principles approach? For instance, I, I I heard early on one of the first things I heard about it was there's no techniques. Yeah. So then sometimes I think, well, you know, I had a situation like I had a situation last night, and I had a very different approach to. The situation because of what I know now about what, where my experience is coming from, but then I thought, well, maybe I was using a technique, and maybe that was not the right way to do it. <laughs> you know, maybe there's. Uh, for me personally, I feel like as long as it's alleviating my suffering, that's a good thing, and I'm not going to try to second guess what happened or how I did something or whether I did something or not. But I guess it's more of a kind of a theoretical question. Is there a right right or a wrong way for, to, to in, in terms of how Sid Banks taught the approach? And I've, I've heard stories from practitioners who said that they were teaching it in a certain way for quite a while, and then they spoke with Sid, and he said, what are you doing? And they said, well, I'm doing such and such. And he said, no, that's not what I taught. Then they would have to go back to the drawing board and start teaching that, to me, kind of implies maybe there's a wrong way to do it or a better, worse way. I suppose it's a theoretical question. Well, it covers a lot, Betty, and it's a beautiful question because um, there's no there's no right way that uh, relates to the principles, first of all. Let's just start with that because if because uh, the principles, you know, they're not right or wrong. They they are before right and wrong. <laughs> they're before a form. So the only thing that right and wrong comes into is is the form that results because of the principles. So a thought that or a way that we act is really the result of the these spiritual principles. The fact that they're formless, they can't be right or wrong. Now, in your example, um, with your understanding of the principles, and I've seen this all the time, 
when you have an understanding of the principles and it shifts the way you see things, you will get ways to go about a situation. You'll get your own way. Um, and, of course, you want to use it. It's kind of the guidance of uh, the principles. It's the wisdom coming through you. And outside, somebody looking at you might say you're, look, you're using that technique, but you see that given your understanding, this is the way I handle it. For example, um, uh, you know, Kathy Casey gives, tells a story about somebody uh, in the jails, this group of men she was teaching, all of a sudden raises their hand and says, I finally got what you meant about the principles. And she says, well, tell me, what did you see? She, he said, well, I realized that I've been uh, attending to every thought I have. Every thought I have, I, I think about. I think about all of them. And I just realized I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to look at every thought. Now, that is what is his approach. It, it's his approach. It, it came from his insight. It came from his understanding of the principles. Now, if you look at it, it could be a, a technique. Well, don't, you know, uh, don't look at all your, don't, don't engage your thinking. But he didn't see it as a technique at all. He saw it coming from his wisdom that this is the way you handle it. So when you go about a situation, Betty, in a different way because of your understanding, that's the wisdom forming in you, a way. Mm-hmm. Um, see, so to me, it's not a technique. It's, it's, it's what you have, how you have put together how to handle something from your understanding. Now, if you, um, if you went about practicing, um, that technique more and more and more, maybe it becomes a technique for you because it's really about looking to find more understanding for your situations within you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, could I, could I just share real briefly what happened last night? Would that um, be okay? Sure, sure. Or is that, am I taking up too much time? So I'll just make it really no, brief. I'm looking I at a, the, I, okay, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I had a situation where I... Um, <laughs> I made a mistake. There was a publication I'm involved with, and I made a mistake. I erased uh, something before it was transcribed. Now it's lost. We don't have access to it. And at any rate, that in the past for me would have been very, very anxiety-producing, and I would have gone, I would have gone heavily into blank shame, tremendous sense of shame, and how you know judging myself about it and recriminations and so on. So. That now, because I know where my experience, at least some of the time, I know where my experience comes from, when I realized what had happened, I had this, from the neck up, I got this tremendous flush, like, like of heat on my face, which was a, which, and then I had this tremendous sense of shame, which mm-hmm. traditionally has come for me from making a mistake. But then what happened next was, and then I had this tremendous impulse to run away. I just wanted to run away. I wanted to go sleep or run outside or do something. I thought, I can't stand this. I have to get away from this feeling. I have to run and do something. I cannot stand this feeling. And then I sat, I was sitting on the sofa, and then I thought, well, I, I think I'll just, I think I'll just stay with the feeling. 
It's coming from inside of me. Running isn't going to run away. I can't run away from it. I, so that's not possible. So why don't I just sit and stay with this feeling and see what happens? So I just stayed with the feeling, and then I was staying with it in such a way, I guess, that I allowed it to pass through, and then it was just gone. It was gone. Mm-hmm. It was completely mm-hmm. gone. I got off the phone, and in, and I went and tried to figure out practically if there was any solution to the problem as opposed to just, you know, recriminations and feeling bad and going into all those dark places. So, you know, later on I thought, well, that, you know, I was tremendously happy that I had been able to do that. And I felt a great feeling of resilience, which is the biggest, possibly the biggest effect I've seen from this paradigm is just feeling more resilient in the face of adversity like that. And then afterwards, today I was thinking about, I thought, well, maybe was that wrong what I did because was that a technique was that doing something that's where the question came from but I think you're saying that that was fine because that's what came up for me to do well yeah you see I think what I want uh, to to get glean from that for for all of us is um, your understanding the what you have seen so far uh, to me, in my way of experiencing when wisdom guides me, is it comes up as a n- new way. Like it told you, I'm speaking like it's a thing like that, but you got the thought, why don't you just sit here and be with the feeling? That was the wisdom, I think, coming to you. And then as you sat there, somehow... Uh, the level at which you were thinking, it, you were able to uh, um, be light with it, and then it left. So to me, that's pure wisdom. That's pure mm-hmm. wisdom. Now, 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 where the trouble would come in is if you had, let's say you were helping other people, uh, and you started to tell them, well, well just sit with the feeling. Now it becomes a technique, you see, that you're giving people. But that came to you because of the understanding you've been, uh, you've been like living in and learning more. It came from your understanding. And mm-hmm. it'll be different other times, mm-hmm. see. So, so when it's like that, there's nothing right or wrong. There's nothing right or wrong, and you might use it again. You might it might occur to you to do that again to just kind of sit down and kind of be with yourself. But what we're talking about in terms of techniques is that then then to tell people to practice that. Oh, I. What we want people, yeah. What we want people to do is find their own understanding. Now, one more thing. Then what would you tell a person? What would you tell a person? Just what I'm telling you. Okay. I'm telling you. For... I'm telling you that. One. Okay. Well, I'm tell. Uh, I don't want to go too much further here, Betty. But right, there I would be uh, if somebody's saying something like that. I might tell them the story. I said there's some something that uh, if you have an understanding of um, how uh, your feelings are created through thought, um, um, you will find some ways to 
take care of yourself like I did. And I might say, share this story. This is how it occurred to me and it, it can occur to you in the same way. Um, and so, yeah. One other thing, thing that's really important with Betty brought up, um, there were times through uh, the history of the three principles um, from like, you know, 1983 or so forth, a group, we used to form some organization together through the years and we would start to teach the principles, but we would teach a lot of concepts, a lot of our own ideas about what the principles mean. And um, we actually did that for about three years in the 90s, um, teaching a number of concepts in a four-day course. We would teach the principles, and then we would teach a number of ideas, like feelings, uh, all these other kinds of things, separate realities, moods. And when Sid heard that, uh, he said, that's not what I saw. I didn't see that. You have to come back and get more spiritual. In a way, he said that. So that may be who you heard. You heard something from somebody who might have been involved with that. So thank you, Betty. That that okay. was great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Time. Oh. And I'm planning on I'm planning on taking your 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 book uh, club course. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, I might talk about that at the end. You reminded me because it yeah. was just beautiful, beautiful. Okay, it would be great to have you on board. Yeah, great. Great. Thank you so much. Okay, Betty. Um, uh Uh-oh, Fred. Uh Uh-oh, did Fred have... Fred must have gone. Hold on, let me refresh this. Oh. Um, Well, Fred, if you hear the recording, sorry I missed you. Um, I was just getting to you. Um... So we have a few minutes left before we want to come to a close today. Anybody else have anything they want to share or any questions? Press star two, and I'll see that. Well, this, uh, you know, today when we heard uh, from Chris and Betty, can you get the feeling of of how um, when we've talked about in past teleseminars and I shared that the intelligence assists you, can you see how um, it just comes to your mind? Uh, what Chris shared, it came to him. What Betty shared about her handling, um, feeling fresh, uh, flushed and um, shame, shame, how it just came into her consciousness, how it came into Chris's consciousness. And it was a different way of looking at their life situations, a way that was closer to the truth of what the principles point us to. And I wanted to see if you could get a feel for how softly that comes in or how it just presents itself in our minds through thought. We get we get a new thought. That's what I think people who say that in the three principles community means, that we just get a new thought about the same thing we're dealing with. And so um you could you could kind of feel that it just occurred to them. It just came to, that's how we're assisted, uh, in, in our lives. And, um, 
And I've learned to really value that and kind of look or listen for that. And again, I really want to encourage all of you that um, there really isn't anything right or wrong here. Uh, it's about just um, you're looking to find more understanding for yourself about how the principles manifest through you to create your experience. I think one guide probably would be that um, it, if you've had insights or what you think are insights, it would move you to uh, just a little better feeling, like it did with Chris. He found compassion. As it did with Betty, the feeling left, the shame left. And then you saw that she could use her abilities to be to practically solve something rather than having run, you know, to the next town <laughs> where there wouldn't have been any solutions, right? I'm just kidding. I don't mean, I'm not making fun. I just say, I, I've had times when I wanted to run too. I'm laughing with that. Um, well, I hope this was a helpful uh, teleseminar. Um, I, I did want to mention, um, oh, we have one more person. Let me just check in with, um, oh gosh, we have a couple of people. But I don't know if I'm going to get to all of you. Um, uh, Eric, is this you? Yeah, can you hear me? Hi. Hi, Eric. Hi. Hey, hi. <clears throat> a little bit of a cold, so my voice is off. But um, I don't know if we really have time to get into it. I um, I did want to mention, though, um, that... Um, Stress has certainly gone down in my life. Um, the one uh, area that I wanted to talk about was in, uh, I guess, what you call relationships. And, you know, I'm meeting a lot of new people these days. <clears throat> and I find myself, uh, you know, really having a great time in the present when I'm with someone. <clears throat> what happens then, though, is I start thinking about it afterwards. Um and even though I see myself doing it, I can't seem to, to really stop it. Uh, and some of the thinking gets problematic, like, you know, I start, whoa, what they did was kind of manipulative, or they're using me a little bit there, or, you know, what was that about? And um, it kind of, you know, you're talking about pollution. It's kind of a little bit of a stress pollution. Um, and I, I think what you someone was saying about innocence and compassion is, is the key um, you know, but without making an effort towards that. Uh, if you have any words of wisdom about how can I aim myself towards, you know, A, dropping the thought and B, just feeling more innocence and compassion without having to get together with the person again and, and just kind of let it go. Well, you know, maybe something we look at to get, you know, just something that might be a theme for our next teleseminar as well, because I think you said it, and I think it's really about continuing to uh, stay open to seeing the deeper truth of what you said. Um, you're in a great feeling when you're with someone, and then you start thinking, and uh, we all do. We all do, and uh, I don't think it's about dropping uh, thinking because that's not 
to something you can do when it still looks uh, like a truth. So I think the thing would be is to just see that you really said, said something that was truth and try to keep open to see it deeper at a higher level of consciousness. Now, compassion for Chris was there the minute he saw a truth. He saw, um, in my own words now, not Chris's words, he saw that people were creating their, what looked like disturbing behaviors through thought. And once he saw that, he saw that people when in disturbing behaviors were probably having pretty disturbing thoughts. And so you have you have compassion. It comes from a level of consciousness, which is a level of understanding. Um, now, now, you can have the same thing toward yourself, like um, what Eric is presenting. You can have compassion for yourself to still kind of be caught up with something you know is thought, but you're still caught up in it. And the understanding you have is that you're human and um, you, you just want, you know, you don't see it deep enough yet where uh, that doesn't have some impact on you to think that way. Um, but what would be valuable is to be able to try to stay in the feeling you have when you meet the new people. Because it may just be that you're getting caught up in learned thoughts and it's you're yes, vulnerable exactly. to, to some to some learned thoughts. Thank you, Eric. I just want to go to fit in one more person yeah, and then uh okay, thank you. Uh let me see here. And let me see who this is. This is like a cell phone in uh, Montana or Missouri. Yes. Hello? Hello. Hi. Hi, this is Julia. Hi, Julia. Um, I was wondering if you could speak a little bit, because that's all we have time for, about how the mind's default setting is clarity and peace. Period. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, okay. So, uh, wow, wonderful sharing today. This is just wonderful. Um, okay. Uh, mind, mind is, and um, it's a um, spiritual energy, which is the intelligence before the universe. Uh, it's always about love and understanding. When people talk about it as a default setting, I, th I think what they're meaning is you are always mind. In other words, you are always, uh, it could be said this way, you are always love and understanding, you are always happiness. You are always that because mind is. Uh, there's no qualities to it. There's no times there it is and times that it isn't. You are part of mind. You are always that energy. Now, uh, what they mean by falling into a default setting is that I think when you clear your thinking, when you have a moment where you're clear of your own personal thinking, you are in there. You feel being part of mind. 
and the intelligence that you are, that this intelligence, this energy comes to you. So that's what I think they mean. Uh, they mean that, for me anyhow, you are always that energy. There's no getting away from it. You are that. So you could say you are happiness, you are love, you are wisdom. Um, but we all are human, so we get caught up in our thought-created realities. And it kind of is an obstacle sometimes to gaining the feeling of being mind. When we quiet that thinking, we hit our default setting, meaning we experience once again what's always there, mind. Um, I hope that helped. I, I had to make that brief, but maybe I'll bring this into my reflections for um, our next teleseminar. I hope that helped you. There's really no default setting. You are mind. And when you clear your thinking, you're there. And you'll feel happiness, you'll feel well-being, or you'll feel love, or you'll feel wisdom, whatever is needed at the time. Nice to hear from you. Okay, so we need to stop for today. A couple of things before we finish. I have a couple of announcements. Um, one is, like uh, Betty mentioned, I am uh, once again offering the a book study class um, on the missing link. And it's a year-long class. Once a month we meet and read a chapter of, of Sid's book, The Missing Link, together. And we share our insights to that. We did that the, for the first time this past year. We have a couple of more sessions to go. And it's just been wonderful beyond all of my expectations and everyone's expectations. So, I decided to offer it again. Um, if you haven't seen the announcement, email me at drdoctor, drmarkhoward, um, at comcast.net. Um, and I'll get, send you the link so you get information about it. It's a beautiful way to um, gain more insights. Um, now, this uh, recording of today's session will be sent out to you in an email. There are now three ways to get the recording at my website, on iTunes, or on SoundCloud. And all those links will be provided to you. Other, um, other uh, teleseminars are on my podcast on iTunes or on my website, www.3principlesinstitute.org. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me. We had a lot on the call today, and I really appreciated the people that shared. That was just beautiful. Um, well, have a good month, and um, we'll see you all uh, in December. Bye for now. <laughs>